Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Hello, and welcome to another episode of This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. Uh, we're doing Xanathar's and Tasha's additions to the Druid class. Xanathar's, I don't know if you've read through them, Thorn. I haven't in a long time. Okay. I, hmm. <laughs> I guess we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, Xanathar's usually kind of is lackluster to me for most of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, it does have some really cool stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those things that it was done a while ago. Right. I do, I will say that they have, like, the, there's a treasured item aspect, uh, a guiding aspect, and a mentor, so it gives you more background stuff uh, for your character, and that's yeah. nice to, to add to it. I like the treasured item. It does it does give rolling tables for each of them, uh, but I do like the treasured item. I think that adds a little bit of flavor and guiding aspect. I mean, it's all for background. It's all for... Uh, the role play aspect of the of the class yeah and um, just for the sake of time we won't read uh all of the d6 uh roll tables for the these three things but just really quick for the listeners uh the treasured item uh some dru druids carry one or more items that are sacred to them or have deep personal significance such items are not necessarily magical but every one is an object whose meaning connects the druid's mind and heart to a profound concept or spiritual outlook. Um, and so the, the first one is just a twig from the meeting tree that stands in the center of your village. So it's things like that that you can look at, and it at least gives you an idea. It gives you something to choose from, obviously, because you have a roll table, but you can look at it and go, ah, I don't like any of those. Let me make my own. Um, whether Whereas I wouldn't have thought to give a treasured item like that, uh, originally when I first started playing. So having that extra added oomph to your backstory. Yeah, I nice. see it almost like a focus. Yeah. Like you would do for, uh, you know, warlocks or, and, you know, some of the spellcasters can have a focus. So that's kind of the way I see it as. Mm -hmm. And personally, that's the way I would use it as, is more like a focus. Uh, might as well be a treasured item if it's a focus. That makes sense. Um, and guiding aspect is uh, Druids feel a strong link to a specific aspect of the nature, natural world, such as a body of water, an animal, a type of tree, or some other sort of plant. Uh, so the first one is you trees remind you of renewing your mind and spirit, letting the old die and the new spring forth. And then last is the mentor. It's not unusual for would-be Druids to seek out or be sought out by instructors or elders who teach them the basics of their magical arts. And the first one is your mentor was a wise treant who taught you to think in terms of years and decades rather than days or months. So those are cool. I like those. Yeah. Anything to do with the ants, it's just cool. Yeah. I dig it. Oh, yeah. And it does have additional Druid Circles. Uh, it has two more, mm -hmm. uh, Circle of Dreams and the Circle of the Shepherd. And first up is a Circle of Dreams. Druids who are member, members of the Circle of Dreams hail from regions that have strong ties to the Feywild and its dreamlike realms. The Druids' guardianship of the natural world makes for a natural alliance between them and good-aligned Fey. Their magic 
mends wounds and brings joy to the downcast hearts and the realms they protect are gleaming fruitful places where dream and reality blur together and where the weary can find rest very flowery very <laughs> kind of lighthearted it's very dreamy and, uh, but my favorite part of that whole description is good to line fay yes because they're in and, and even that Faye good aligned is way different than anybody everybody else's mm-hmm. so anytime you dabble in the fay it, it's it's basically a roll of dice right so but yeah that's the circle of dreams yeah uh and of course with each circle you get uh access to different spells um and features so we'll get into the features uh you can look at the spell lists uh online for the Xanathar's Guide um, or even just Google Druid Spells online and it'll even say in the list like, oh, this one's from Xanathar's, this one's from blah blah blah. Uh, So at second level, you become imbued with the blessings of the Summer Court. This feature is called Balm of the Summer Court. You are a font of energy that offers respite from injuries. You have a pool of Fey energy represented by a number of D6s equal to your Druid level. As a bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 120 feet of you and spend a number of those dice equal to half your druid level or less. Roll the spent dice and add them together. The target regains a number of hit points equal to that total. The target also gains one temporary hit point per dice spent. You regain all expended dice when you finish a long rest. Healing is always healing. It's like the most important part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Especially at early levels when you don't only have like 12 hit points. Right. So that right there, I mean, anytime, anytime you can heal, it's a bonus. Yeah. And it's practically free. I mean, you get at least one uh, and you do it uh, half equal to half of your druid level each time you want to do it as a bonus action. Yeah. That's the important part is the, the bonus action. Cause a lot of the healing stuff that I see in subclasses that are free like this it's like a full action or it's something that you do out of combat. Yeah. You know, definitely that, that, that bonus action, it always helps to do anything on a bonus action. Right. So, and at six level, you have hearth of moonlight and shadow at six level. Home can be wherever you are during a short or long rest. You can invoke the shadowy power of the gloaming court to help guard your respite. At the start of the rest, you touch a point in space and an invisible 30-foot radius sphere of magic appears centered on that point. Total cover blocks the sphere. While within the sphere, you and your allies gain a plus five bonus to dexterity, stealth, and wisdom perception rolls. And any light fr- from open flames in the sphere, a campfire, torches, or the like, isn't visible outside of it. The sphere vanishes at the end of the rest or when you leave the sphere. So that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Mainly, mainly because... I like to throw stuff when everybody's sleeping mm-hmm. and this kind of prevents you from doing that. Yeah. And I mean, within the sphere, having a plus five to stealth and perception, that's pretty huge. That's the alert feat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is always the first feat I take. Yes. So you, you add the plus five again on top of it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Especially at level six. I mean, that's kind of huge. Oh yeah. To have a plus 10, you know, if you, if you have this feat, which by uh, by level four you could get a feat, so you could potentially have a plus ten to your stealth and perception just for fun. Yeah, just because. <laughs> yeah. Uh, starting at tenth level, you have hidden paths. 
You can use the hidden magical pathways that some fey use to traverse the space in the blink of an eye. As a bonus action on your turn, you can teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. Alternatively, you can use your action to teleport one willing creature you touch up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses after a long rest. Teleport is awesome. Oh yeah, it makes for great, great roleplay. It's helpful in battle. Yeah. I mean I would say that nowadays there's a lot of easier ways to get teleport. Um true. Because I mean we have the face step uh spell Misty Step. When, Misty Step when uh the Fey the touched feature. So if yeah. you want if you want to take that, you get a free Misty Step. And it it does basically the same thing. Um so as a bonus action, that's cool for the 60 feet, but as far as like with the newer source books and the new spells and things like that, I think that this ends up being lackluster, but it was cool. Yeah, and it's, it is it is an extra turn with Misty Step, because mm-hmm. even when you have the Fey Touched feature, uh, you only get so many uses. Right. So if it's something that you use a lot, you know, good for you, mm-hmm. it is kind of a late level for it. Yeah. Which to me as the lackluster but overall it's not bad no and at 14th level you get walker in dreams uh, the magic of the Feywild grants you the ability to travel mentally or physically through dreamlands when you finish a short rest you can cast one of the following spells without expending a spell slot or requiring material components dream with you as the messenger scrying or teleportation circle this use of teleportation circle is special rather than opening a portal to a permanent teleportation circle it opens a portal to the last location where you finished a long rest on your current plane of existence yeah if you haven't taken a long rest on your current plane the spell fails but isn't wasted once you use this feature you can use it again you can't use it again until you finish a long rest again this is cool to me yeah it could be very cool yeah uh but again it's it's a teleportation mm-hmm. and it's the, the different spells you can use, you don't have to use Teleportation Circle. You can use Scrying or Dream, which are, which to me is, you know, can be helpful in situations also. Mm-hmm. And to me, this whole class honestly screams RP. Oh, yeah. Because you could, you could dive into the Dream aspect of things. And especially, you know, working with Feywild and with the new um, source book... Um, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight that has a bunch of uh, Feywild stuff in it, obviously. That that could be really fun to add to a campaign um, and having a character who just, like, I'm going to walk through dreams. Like, if, if somebody was going to play this uh, character and they talked to me as a story weaver, I would probably tell everyone, let's start at 14th level. Let's do a higher level campaign. Let's get all of our features uh, and make sure that the role play is cool because I've already made your characters good enough to survive damn near anything at level 14. So yeah. let's just get that RP and have a fucking blast. Yeah, it, it definitely screams RP, uh, which personally I, I dig. I like it. Yeah, I love RP. And if you want to go full Dreamwalker and just dive into that aspect, I think it could be a very, very cool character. Yeah. If you're a number cruncher or a, a, a dungeon delver, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that, uh, 
this is probably not the subclass for you. There's no. there's a lot better ones even just in the player's handbook. Um, you know, Circle of Moon Druid. Uh, but at second level, the Bomb of the Summer Court and Hidden Paths, those are the only real combative features, you know, because you can use the teleport tactfully uh, to get around things, especially as a bonus action. And being able to heal on your bonus action is nice too, especially, you know, once you're at level 14 and you've got, you know, a whole bunch of uh, D6s for your Druid level, that's that's cool. But then you're you're banking your whole character in combat on two features <laughs> instead yeah. of like your whole character. So that's that's a little oof. But if you're doing it like we said about being in an RP campaign, those features help you against your encounters, but you have these other RP really cool things of I'm gonna jump into your dream and talk to you. Usually that's a tactic that story weavers use to fuck with their players is getting into a dream sequence. Um, and you get to do it back. Yeah. That's why I like that. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Completely. Seven out of 10 for me. Yeah. Uh, if we're going that route, I'd probably go six. Okay. I can see it. So we have circle of the shepherd and this one I like a little bit better. So we'll get into it. Druids of the circle of the shepherd commune with the spirits of nature, especially the spirits of beasts and the fae and call to those spirits for aid. These druids recognize that all living things play a role in the natural world, yet they focus on protecting animals and fey creatures that have difficulty defending themselves. Shepherds, as they are known, see such creatures as their charges. They ward off monsters that threaten, uh, threaten them, rebuke hunters who kill more prey than necessary, and prevent civilization from encroaching on rare animal habitats and on sites sacred to the fey. Aminals. This is the hippie of druids, which druids are already hippies. So this is, <laughs> yeah. So you, you like double down on this one, I, yeah. And you know, I'm here for it. It's fine. <laughs> At second yeah. level, you get speech of the woods. You gain the ability to converse with beasts and many fey. Uh, you learn to speak, read, and write Sylvan if you haven't already. In addition, beasts can understand your speech, and you gain the ability to decipher their noises and motions. Most beasts lack the intelligence to convey or understand sophisticated concepts, but a friendly beast could relay what is had, has been seen or heard in the recent past. The ability doesn't grant you friendship with beasts, though you can combine this ability with gifts to curry favor with them, as you would with a non-player character. So, that is really cool to me. One, you get a free language. Uh, so if you know that you're doing this going into it, don't learn Sylvan because you're going to get it at second level. Yeah. Um, and then being able to speak with beasts and certain fey, you know, because they did make the caveat many fey, so that gives yeah. the story weaver a little something to play with. But being able to communicate and figuring out, like, oh, like I've, this this beast has seen or heard something in the past. Uh, that is important to our mission. Like that's that's cool, and that's not with. You could add that to your speak with animals or your uh, your uh, friends spells to get a nice a nice little RP exchange. I, I, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's basically speak with animals, uh, which without using a spell slot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like instead of speak with animals on steroids, it's speak with animals on. I don't know weed 
It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a little downgraded, but yeah, uh, it and works it's, out. It, I just want to know what, what kind of gift you would curry favor, favor with an owlbear. Food. The fuck else would you do? You just yeah. like I brought you a whole deer. Here's a burrito. <laughs> Listen, burrito. Can you say that? <laughs> if, if 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 I was given a burrito, I'd help a motherfucker out. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would too. And we that get a second speaking one. here. Yeah, and we get a second level, another second level spell. If you want to take that one. Yeah, spirit totem. Which personally, I do dig this one. Mm-hmm. Starting at second level, you can call forth nature spirits to influence the world around you. As a bonus action. You can magically summon an incorporeal spirit to a point you can see within 60 feet of you. The spirit creates an aura in a 30-foot radius around that point. It counts as neither a creature nor an object, though it has special spectral appearance of the creature it represents. As a bonus action, you can move the spirit up to 60 feet to a point you can see. The spirit persists for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again uh, until you finish a short or long rest. Uh, first, we have up the bear, the bear spirit. The bear spirit grants you and your allies its might and endurance. Each creature of your choice in the aura, when the spirit appears, get, gain, uh, when the spirit appears, gains temporary hit points equal to five plus your druid level. In addition, you and your allies gain advantage on strength checks and, and strength saving throws while in the aura. The hawk spirit. Is, the, is a consummate hunter, aiding you and your allies with its keen sight. When a creature makes an attack roll against a target in the spirit's aura, you can use your reaction to grant advantage to that attack roll. In addition, you and your allies have advantage on wisdom perception checks while in the aura. And let me see. Next is the unicorn spirit. The unicorn spirit... Let me see that lends its protection to those nearby. You and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures and the spirit's aura in addition if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level i i dig it yeah i i mean you can't i mean you honestly can't beat this at second level no not at all uh the the different spirits the different things it gives you a variety to choose from be it strength or the keen sight you know, mm-hmm. the perception checks, that kind of thing. It really kind of blends itself to several different uh, situations. Sure. And an important, important note is that nowhere in here did it say it was a concentration feature. It just happens and persists for one minute unless you're in, uh, incapacitated. But that's just you got knocked down to zero hit points. That's not um, as far as concentration is concerned. You could take damage and this still work. So that's yep. that's cool. I like that. At sixth level, we have the Mighty Summoner. Beasts and Fae that you conjure are more resilient than normal. Any beast or Fae summoned or created by a spell that you cast gains the following benefits. The creature appears with more hit points than normal, two extra hit points per hit die it has, or, or and, actually, the damage uh, from its natural weapons is considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunity and resistance to non-magical attacks and damage. And I just basically fumbled over one of the most important aspects. It's not either or, it's and. It gets both of these things. More hit points and magical damage. That's... (laughs) Yeah, no, no kidding. This thing's all about summoning, you know, the spectral spirits, that kind of thing. So... This right here is is really it's a really cool feature to have. 
Yeah. Uh, 10th level, you get Guardian Spirit. Your spirit totem safeguards the beasts and fae that you call forth with your magic. When a beast or fae that you summoned or created with the spell ends its turn in your spirit totem aura, that creature regains a number of hit points equal to half your druid level. So right there, that's a minimum of five hit points. Yeah. Because you're 10th level. Minimum of five hit points every time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is have it. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) I... This thing is, you know, cooler than I've even thought of. Yeah, it's, at, it's at 14th level, yeah, <laughs> Faithful Summons. The na- uh, nature spirits you commune with protect you when you are the most defenseless. If you are reduced to zero hit points or are incapacitated against your will, you can immediately gain the benefits of Conjure Animals as if it were cast using a ninth level spell slot. It summons four beasts of your choice that are challenge rating two or lower. <laughs> The conjured beasts appear within 20 feet of you. If they receive no commands from you, they protect you from harm and attack your foes. The spell lasts for one hour, requiring no concentration, or until you dismiss it, no action required. Once you use this feature, you have to finish a long rest. I, This is one of the better bombs, honestly, for a subclass. Oh, you, yeah. get, you get to zero hit points. You're not gonna have that evil story weaver that goes and attacks your your incapacitated body, because they can't. There's four bears in front of it. Should um. <laughs> you could put plesiosaurs in it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> CR two or less. Yeah, I mean, a giant boas. Right. I mean, come on. And remember that anything that you summon also gets the extra hit points and the extra damage, and. The spirit totem aura. It's it's getting all of these things. <laughs> yeah. I just, just automatically. Yeah. It's like bink, bink. Now it's minimum seven hit points every time it every time it stops in the aura. Yeah. That's and, that's sick. And ninth level, bro? Like this. Yeah, no Oof. kidding. That's yeah, that's huge. <laughs> A ninth level spell automatically just because you fell unconscious. Yeah. I, yeah, I might, I might oops a daisies into zero hit points just because. Uh, yeah, because you <laughs> want to bring up some saber tooth tigers. Yeah, <laughs> like for free. Like it, yeah. it doesn't use a spell slot. Yeah. it's as if it were using a ninth level. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like that. That's yeah, cool that's as definitely. Shit. Yeah, that's that's got to be like eight out of ten. Yeah, easy, easy. Um, the one do... thing I do like about Xanathars uh-huh. is the list. Yes. The beast list for the the areas is so helpful. Because nothing pisses me off more than the fucking spells going, your DM has the list. Like, no, no, I don't. I I don't. I I have to look this up. Yeah. It's in one of my books. Right. (laughs) It's not like I just have it here. Yeah. Uh, what what animals can I summon? Uh, Give me a second. Um, (laughs) Just... (laughs) Either click, 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 or swish, swish, swish. One of the two. <laughs> yep, and it's it's a very intensive and long list. Yeah, so we're obviously not going to read all of it, but you uh, in Xanathar's just behind the uh, uh, Circle of the Shepherd, you have learning beast shapes, and it the wild shape feature in the, in the player's handbook lets you transform into a beast that you've seen. That rule gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility, blah, 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 blah. Uh, when you gain wild shape as a second level spell or a second level second level druid, bleh, uh, you get the following tables organized from the monster manual, and then it just goes into Arctic coast, uh, desert, forest, 
and grasslands, grasslands uh, hills, hills, mountains. mountains. So it, it goes on and it arranges it by CR level and obviously by region. So that is awesome. It's really nice to just look at <laughs> and be like, you know, I don't need to look at the monster manual and go, God, okay, a quipper is where? Where's where's the quipper from? <laughs> um, the constrictor snake is that? Is that forest is here? or is that is underwater? That like, <laughs> I can't remember. Where exactly are we at again? <laughs> right. <laughs> Did I write this story or is it a module? Because that'll fuck me up too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so that's Xanathar's. I, you know, as far as Xanathar's go, those weren't terrible. No, they were better than most. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we we won't get into that. Uh, but sorcerers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. You know, listen, to have a 7 and an 8 out of 10 on subclasses, that's pretty cool, especially for an older source book. Because um, like yeah. we said, with, with the uh, Circle of Dreams, there was uh, the level 10 feature was like, uh, after, you know, five, six years since it's come out-ish. Yeah, something like um, that. So it's, it's, it's nice that it's still usable. Uh, and of course, with anything, there's always the caveat, if you want to use these subclasses talk to your story weaver and you could change a feature you know uh, oh yeah like that 10th level feature like hey i'm gonna be taking fey touched can i just get something else for the 10th level and work with the story weaver and you know look at all the other subclasses and look at what they're getting for 10th level and you could pick and choose one from a druid subclass or make your own i mean that's yeah. the fun of it and so, that's that's the flexibility of D D. so yeah so tasha's Twilight Domain. Tasha says, I can't believe I'm writing this, but I think I could get behind a faith focused on moonlighting and evening wear. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a domain. That's that's not a druid circle. Yeah, that's a cleric circle. Yeah. Uh, because druid is right below it and I didn't change the page. <laughs> but you know what? That was a good it was a good flavor text. Flavor, I'll read yeah, the, the actual flavor text of Circle of Spores. Yeah, Tasha <laughs> has the best flavor text. Yes. Uh, I'm an avid collector of spores, molds, and fungi. My most prized find being a Sapiens Zugtamata from the depths of Mount Zagon. I wouldn't want it steering a corpse around and touching my stuff, though. So, you know, already you know what the Circle of Spores is going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe Bone Daddy talked about the uh, versatilities of... Uh, yes. Yeah, he... he on the last episode bone daddy went into the the extra druid stuff that you get the additional spells and the wide wild companion bonus and all that stuff that you get with tasha's cool so we won't go back into that we'll right. go straight into the circle of spores yeah so obviously you get uh other spells that you're allowed uh, chill touch, blindness, deafness, gentle repose, animate dead, gaseous form, blight, confusion, cloud kill, and contagion. One of my favorite ninth level spells. At second level, we get halo of spores. You are surrounded by invisible necrotic spores that are harmless until you unleash them on a creature nearby. When a creature you can see moves into space within 10 feet of you or starts its turn there, you can use your reaction to deal 1d4 necrotic damage to that creature unless it succeeds on a con save uh, against your spell save DC. The necrotic damage increases to 1d6 at 6th, 1d8 at 10, and 1d10 at 14th level. I That's cool. I like yeah. that. 
I, I dig it. I definitely free damage. It. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. And it's a halo of spores. So it's, it's very, it's just cool. I like mm -hmm. it. And necrotic damage, which is something you, this is the first thing you see of necrotic in the druid circles. Right. Uh, it's necrotic damage is nasty. Yeah. And so. honestly, like get descriptive with it because like, yes, you're surrounded by an invisible necrotic spore that are harmless to you. Uh, or and, uh, harmless unless you unleash them, but you can make it to where your character at least has some mushrooms on its body. Um, get a little descriptive as like if you're going to unleash it, it's no longer invisible because all that RP stuff that's not going to change the spell whatsoever. So have fun with it. Yeah, and also at second level you get symbiotic entity. You gain the ability to channel magic into your spores. As an action, you can expend a use of your wild shape feature to awaken these spores, rather than transforming into a beast form. And you gain four temporary hit points for each level you have in this class. While this feature is active, you gain the following benefits. When you deal your halo of spores damage, roll the damage die a second time and add it to the to total. Nice. Your melee weapons attack deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to any target they hit. These benefits last for 10 minutes until you lose all your temporary until you lose all your temporary hit points or until you use your wild shape again. So basically you're you're turning into your symbiotic entity and you're you're making like the spores and everything to do with you smear the spores everywhere. Uh and we are mushroom venom. Yes, basically. <laughs> we are venom. Uh yeah, I mean hey, four temporary hit points for each level is awesome. Because I mean, yeah, okay. Second level, you're only getting eight temporary hit points, but only temporary hit only eight is. I say that with a caveat because eight hit points in general at second level, that's a lot. You start out with eight, or wizards start out with eight most of the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so you get a whole nother person of hit points at level two, and then getting that extra damage again, free damage. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Especially a whole D6 at a second level. That's a lot. Yeah, for real. That's, uh, that's a sword. Yeah. It, <laughs> that, yeah. And then it lasts for 10 minutes or until you lose your temporary hit points. But, I mean, listen. Temporary hit points, especially with eight, that's a lot to go through at second level. Your Story Weaver's not going to be throwing super heavy hitters at you uh, right away. I might at, like, level three. But, uh, you <laughs> we know. We wait till level three. <laughs> we wait till level three because <laughs> at least you get your extra stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, but, <laughs> but normally, you're not, especially because of the way combat works in D&D, &D, it's not going to be like, oh, I only got to use this for one turn. You might get to use this multiple times uh, in that ten minutes. Uh, sixth level, Fungal Infestation. Your spores gain the ability to infest a corpse and animate it. If a beast or a humanoid that is small or medium dies within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to animate it, causing it to stand up immediately with one hit point. The creature uses the zombie stat block in the monster manual. It remains animate for one hour, after which time it collapses and dies. First of all, as a reaction, that's cool as shit. Um... Second, just having like a little buddy pop up. Uh, Meat puppet. Be, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> and you could get really body horror with this because, again, it's your spores that are infesting a corpse and animating it. So do with that what you will. Uh, oh, I can have a lot of fun with that. 
Yeah, and there's there's a little bit more paragraph uh, if you scroll more. Uh, in combat, the zombie's turn comes immediately after yours. It obeys your com mental commands, mental commands, and the only action it can take is the attack action, making one melee attack. You can use the feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, obviously minimal of once, and you regain all expended uses after a long rest. So, I I mean this for a six-level spell or a f spell feature, this is really cool. A one-hour zombie buddy that I think it's hilarious that you could have a squirrel with a zombie stat block. Yes. <laughs> and just like, go, my friend. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly what I would do. I would not have it any other way. I would have squirrel zombies. Squirrel zombies. <laughs> At 10th level, you get spreading spores. You gain the ability to seed an area with deadly spores. As a bonus action, while your symbiotic entity feature is active, you can hurl spores up to 30 feet away, where they swirl in a 10-foot cube for one minute. The spores disappear early if you use this feature again, if you dismiss them as a bonus action, or if your symbiotic entity feature is no longer active. Whenever a creature moves into the cube or starts its turn there, that creature takes your, your halo of spores damage. Unless the creature succeeds on a constitution saving throw against your spell save DC, a creature can take the damage no more than once per turn. While the cube of spores persists, you can't use your halo of spores reaction. But that's fine because it's, yeah. it's a 10 foot cube for one minute, 30 yep. feet away from you. Yep. Like, I don't need my halo of spores reaction at that point. Nope. It's I'm like, just... come get me. Yeah. <laughs> as soon nice. as it's past that, you just take it off and use the halo of spores. Yeah. It's weird that like I, I scrolled down and we still have the 14th level feature, yeah. but it's underneath a artwork of a druid of stars. Yes, it is. Like that. Good job, guys. All right. 14. <laughs> I was like, wait, we didn't get to a, a bomb because <laughs> I just saw this guy. All right. 14th level fungal body. This is where the fun is. The fungal spores in your body alter you. You can't be blinded, deafened, frightened or poisoned. And any critical hit against you counts as a normal hit instead, unless you're incapacitated. You just, like, I... You took away critical hits. You took away crits, and that alone would have been great for a bomb. Like, I, w I would accept that. Like, oh, critical hits are normal hits, unless I'm incapacitated. That's a good enough 14th level feature. But now I can't be blinded, deafened, frightened, or poisoned. But what's the story we were going to do? nothing yeah. they're gonna have to throw dragons at you they're gonna yep. they're gonna have to throw some big baddies because you you just you, you don't have any you don't have anything to worry about <laughs> that's it right there you, you got to get the big stuff now yeah um overall i like circle of spores uh um, i do too i it is very combat heavy yes but you can if you are imaginative enough, you can at least describe things for RP purposes to be really cool. And I think, honestly, you, I think you can make it RP heavy if you want to because of the descriptors mm -hmm. and what you look like going into a town. Uh, yeah, because that will fuck somebody up if somebody's walking around with mushrooms on their head. And zombie squirrels. Mm. Good point. <laughs> yeah, zombie squirrels are, are definitely a, a, a... It's a... It's a, a Conversation starter. Yeah, it's disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next is the Circle of Stars. And Tasha's little flavor text. 
What about the dark places between the stars? Don't you realize that's where the good stuff is? Kind of terrifying. It is. That's kind of a terrifying <laughs> statement. <laughs> okay, the circle of stars allows druids to draw on the power of starlight. These druids have tracked heavenly patterns since time immemorial, discovering secrets hidden in amid the constellations. By revealing and understanding these secrets, the circle of stars seeks to harness the powers of the cosmos. Many druids of this circle keep records of the constellations and the stars' effects on the world. Some groups document those observations at megalithic sites, which serve as enigmatic, that's a hard word, mm-hmm. libraries of lore. These repositories might take the form of stone circles, pyramids, petroglyphs, and underground temples. Any construction durable enough to protect the circle's sacred knowledge even against the gr- a great cataclysm. I will say that that was a lot of words. That <laughs> was a lot of words, and it's it's a very descriptive amount. Yeah, I mean, I liked it, but... There was like, definitely there was, no wasted words. No. Megalithic, enigmatic, repository, like, wow, oof. Yeah, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, yeah. I liked it. Uh, second level, we get a star map. You've created a star chart as part of your heavenly studies. It is a tiny object and can serve as a spell casting focus for your druid spells. You determine its form by rolling on the star map table or just by choosing one. While holding this map, you could have these benefits. Or you have these benefits. You know the guidance cantrip. You have the guiding bolt spell prepared. It counts as a druid spell for you and it doesn't count against the number of spells you can have prepared. Uh, you can ga- uh, you can cast Guiding Bolt without expending a spell slot, but you can do so a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, so you start out with two, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. If you lose the map, you can just perform one-hour ceremony to magically create a replacement. The ceremony can be performed during a short or long rest, and it destroys the previous map. I like it. Anytime you, know, you cast spells without wasting yeah. spell slots... And having an extra one prepared just because. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. And and you know the guidance cantrip. Uh, so, you know, these are... They're niche spells, sure. I'll give you that. But They are they are uh, support spells. Yeah. But I like it. I mean, that's... that's just, At second level, that is, that is a cool thing. Yeah. You know, free magic. Take exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. For the star map, really quick, it, the, there is a D6 roll... Um, I like personally number six, a glass disc that depicts constellations. I anytime an adventurer is just clar- carrying a glass disc, I'm gonna mess with them. Uh, you're gonna have to do that one hour ceremony a lot if you're carrying a glass disc yes. in a backpack while you're adventuring and you know get ambushed by gnolls. Um, that bitch is breaking. <laughs> oh yeah, Most <laughs> like you're gonna. Definitely. I'll give it to you at, for a roll. You'll have to roll, but below a ten, it's fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna break. Uh, also, at second level, you get starry form. As a bonus action, you can expend a use of your wild shape feature to take on a starry form rather than transforming into a beast. While in your starry form, you retain your game statistics, but your body becomes luminous. Your joints glimmer like stars and the glowing lines connecting them as on a star chart. This form sheds bright light in a 10-foot radius and dim light for an additional 10 feet. The form lasts for 10 minutes. It ends early if you dismiss it, no action required, or are incapacitated, or use this feature again. Or if you die. Yeah. Most things usually stop when you die. 
Yeah. Whenever you assume your starry form, choose which one of the following constellation glimmers on your body. Your choice gives you certain benefits while in this form. First up is the archer. The constellation of the archer appears on you. When you activate this form as a bonus action on your subsequent turns while it lasts, you can make a ranged spell attack, hurling a luminous arrow that targets one creature within 60 feet of you. On a hit, the attack deals radiant damage equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. Jesus. That's nice. Yeah. Chalice, a constellation of a life-giving goblet appears on you. Whenever you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to a creature, you or, or another creature within 30 feet of you can regain hit points equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. Healing again. Mm -hmm. Dragon, a constellation of a wise dragon appears on you. Now, that's not... A scary dragon, a wise dragon. Mm -hmm. When you make an intelligence or a wisdom check or a constitution saving throw to maintain, maintain concentration on a spell, you can treat a roll of nine or lower on the d20 as a 10. Oh, man, it's hard to actually choose yeah. which one I want because all three of those are actually really fucking cool. Yeah. And this is, again, at second level. This is like you get you can have a bow attack. If you so choose, you can have extra healing or, you know, I don't want my rolls lower than a 10. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, constant I like save it. throw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else you can say about that. There's no con no, to any of these. <laughs> yeah, that's those are all helpful. So good luck yeah. choosing. Uh, sixth level, we get a cosmic omen. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can consult your star map for omens. When you do so, roll a die. Until your next... Uh, long rest, you gain access to a special reaction based on whether you rolled an even or an odd number on the die. Wheel. Uh, whenever a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is about to make an attack roll, a saving throw, or an ability check, you can use your reaction to roll a d6 and add the number rolled to the total. Woe. Whenever a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is about to make an attack roll, a saving throw, or an ability check, you could use your reaction to roll a d6 and subtract the number from that total. You could use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses after a long rest. Support, I suppose, uh, plus, like, it's buff and debuff. You roll evens, you get to buff yeah. your friends. You roll odds, you get to debuff your enemy. That's cool. Helpful. And it's yeah. a reaction. It's a reaction, so you yeah. can wait till they roll. Yeah, and that's essentially free. I mean, reactions, yeah. you hardly ever use reactions. That's because most characters don't have them. Right. Except for attack of opportunity. So, exactly. like, that's that's cool because it's within 30 feet of you. You're not doing uh, a react a attack of opportunity 30 feet away from you. So, this just gets, yeah, I, that's good. I like it. Yeah. At 10th level, uh, you get twinkling constellations. The constellations of your starry form improve. The 1d8 of the archer and the chalice becomes a 2d8. And while the dragon is active, you can have a flying speed of 20 feet and can hover. <laughs> Moreover, at the start of, your, of each of your turns while in your starry form, you can change which constellation glimmers on your body. That's uh, awesome. That is just, that's almost too much. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. It's great. And it's damn near overpowered. Like, that is awesome because, like, obviously we've already said... If you can have healing, if you can have damage, take it. And you're getting an extra D8, which could obviously be an extra eight points. Uh, and then being able to fly, I, the tactical advantage alone in combat would be atrocious. 
Yep. Uh, because at 10th level, yes, a lot of things can fly, sure. But if they're being hammered by the Barbarian and your Paladin or something and kept on the ground most of the time, you could at least fly and hover to a more advantageous point for you. Especially yep. since it, it seems like this is more of a support character. Um, you know, you do get extra damage in some of the, the in the starry form, but if you want to be full support and just use the heal on the fly, man, you could have some fun with this. And just being able to change at the beginning of each of your turns. So the think about it this way. A turn is six seconds once you go through a, a whole round. So every six seconds, you could be like, heal. Six seconds. Damage. Six seconds. I'm going to fly away from your ass. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fun. Yep. 14th level, full of stars. While you are, uh, while in your starry form, you become partially incorporeal, giving you resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. You become the barbarian. <laughs> You're now just actually a constellation. Yeah. You're a starry barb. Yep. Uh, resistance to those who don't remember, it, you take half damage to from bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. And Which that is in, helpful. that includes yeah, that includes a claw attack from an ancient dragon. I'm just saying it's still slashing damage. <laughs> yep. You're you're still taking half damage. <laughs> I, you know, I can't complain too much about this one. No, I, and I'm not a big support form, you know, support character lover i don't usually play them right. this could be fun it could this and could be a lot of fun the rp is just atrocious i mean you're you're a constellation like yep. you could you could have it to where uh, the constellations are like tattoos or you could have your body turn into just straight up constellation stars like you that's especially at 14th level like your arm is just invisible invisible yep. <laughs> there you go uh great circle of wildfire I can't tell you how many times I've burned everything to the ground and started over. I, Again, a little bit of flavor terrifying <laughs> for how powerful Tasha actually is. Yeah. Druids within the circle of wildfire understand that destruction is sometimes the precursor of creation, such as when a forest fire promotes later growth. These druids bond with a primal spirit that harbors both destructive and creative power allowing the druids to create controlled flames that burn away one thing but give life to another. At second level, we get the circle spells, uh, and you get burning hands, cure wounds, flaming sphere, scorching ray, plant growth, revivify, aura of life, fire shield, flame strike, mass cure wounds. It's almost like there's a trend. Uh, I think? And, you know, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> also at second level, you get summon wildfire spirit. You can summon the primal spirit bound to your soul. As an action, you can expend one use of your wild shape feature to summon your wildfire spirit rather than assuming a beast form. The spirit appears in an unoccupied space of your choice you can see within 30 feet of you. Each creature within 10 feet of the spirit, other than you, when it appears, must succeed on a dexterity saving throw against your spell save DC or take 2d6 fire damage. The spirit is friendly to you and your companions and obeys your commands. And it's got a stat block that's listed in here. Some spirit spirits take the form of humanoid figures made by gnarled branches covered in flames, while others look like a beast wreathed in fire. Really, you can make it look like anything you want because it's basically just a small elemental. Yeah, it's a wildfire spirit. If you're a fan of um, the mouse guy, you know what I'm talking about. Um, in, combat, the, in combat, the spirit <laughs> shares your initiative. 
So it oh, takes yeah. a turn immediately after you. Uh, the only action it, it takes on its turn is the dodge action, unless you take a bonus action on your turn, you can manage to take another action. So you have to command oh, that's cool. it. cool. Yeah. And it lasts for an hour until you're dead or reduces your whole hit points or. Yeah, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. First of all, an hour at second level is absolutely atrocious. Yes. Uh, second, at second level, this entire thing is atrocious. You yes. get a free summon. You know, like at second level, your wild shape isn't like great. Um, it helps you a lot, you know, to be able to have those extra hit points and, you know, maybe get a better attack than you normally would. But it is to probably going to have more hit points than you. Yeah. But <laughs> to have to be able to just here's my buddy and he's wreathed in flames. And by the way, you're going to take 2d6 fire damage. Oops. Uh, right. My like, bad. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> it, it's one of those where like, ah, oh, he's too close to me. Achoo. And there's a fire <laughs> wildfire spirit. You know, I I like that. And the wildfire yep. spirits that block, I'm not going to read everything, but, you know, obviously it has immunity to fire, but it has immunity to charmed, frightened, grappled, prone, and restrained. So they're not going to be able to take it away from you. They're not going to be able to uh, pin it down. It, it's going to move. It can walk and it can fly 30 feet and also hover. And who's um, going to try to grapple a freaking fire elemental? A barbarian. Um, okay, point taken. <laughs> but Touché. if you uh, if you use your your action to do to make it do so, or your bonus action to uh, make it do something other than the dodge, uh, it has flame seed, which is a ranged weapon attack uh, that is one d six plus PB fire damage, uh, which is your proficiency bonus, uh, and fire fiery teleportation. Uh, the spirit and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of you uh, can teleport up to 15 feet to unoccupied space you can see. Then each creature within five feet of that space uh, is left must succeed on a dexterity saving throw against your spell DC or take 1d6 plus proficiency bonus fire damage. Like, there's nothing wrong with this thing, especially no. at second level. Like, that's Not at all. craziness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and six level because you don't you don't get another another thing. <laughs> six level uh, enhanced bond. The bond with your fire uh, wildfire spirit enhances your destructive and restorative spells. Whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage or restores hit points while your wildfire spirit is summoned, roll a d8 and you gain a bonus equal to the number rolled to one damage or healing roll of the spell. In addition, when you cast a spell within a range other than self, the spell can originate from you or from your wildfire spirit, which could uh, you can move it wherever you want and then originate the spell from there. Yep. I, that's it's yeah, not it doesn't sound cool, but when you think about the possibilities, it is very awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah it very is very, very cool. good. It adds uh, on, and I mean your your spirit element is already wildfire spirit, whatever it's called, is already huge. And right. this just is more. Just yeah. on top of it, it's more. Yeah. At 10th level, you get cauterizing flames. You gain the ability to turn death into magical flames that can heal or incinerate. When a small or larger creature dies within 30 feet of you or your or your wildfire spirit, a harmless spectral flame springs forth in the dead creature's space and flickers there for one minute. When a creature you can see enters the sp that space, you can use your reaction to extinguish the spectral flame there and either heal the creature or deal fire damage to it. The healing or damage equals 2d10 plus your wisdom modifier. You can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expenditures after a long rest. Yeah. 
that's like a little landmine. Yeah. And to be able to use it as a reaction, again, we, we keep saying that reactions are crazy. Yep. Uh, and then having it equal to your proficiency bonus at 10th level, isn't that? It's three, right? Uh, I, think you're, four? I think you're already four. So that's, I mean, you get four uses per long rest. That's, that's your combat. At least in our sessions, I don't think I've ever had more than two combat encounters and honestly not more than one <laughs> combat encounter <laughs> per session um you know so i mean yeah. if you're gonna do a long rest like that's i mean there you go you're yep. gonna have those four and 2d10 is stupid <laughs> yeah that's a lot of damage man <laughs> uh plus your wisdom modifier and that's one of your higher stats when you're a druid so it's probably gonna be three or four so yeah uh 14th level the blazing revival the bond with your wildfire spirit can save you from death. If the spirit is within 120 feet of you when you are reduced to zero hit points and thereby fall unconscious, you can cause the spirit to drop to zero hit points. You then regain half your hit points and immediately rise to your feet. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. Okay, listen. So here's two important things about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain this to you. <laughs> yeah. So not only do you regain half your hit points, which at 14th level is not something to spit at. No. You immediately rise to your feet. Normally, when you stand up, it's half your movement speed. Yep. So you can immediately get out of dodge. And, I mean, the spirit has to be within 120 feet. I can't think of ever making a dungeon room or some kind of combat encounter where there's more than 120 feet around you. Like I don't this think i made one over 100. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I, I just don't see the point because then I just have to keep track of more fucking space and I'm not going to do it. And so, it's not a dungeon anymore. It's the open field. <laughs> right. So, I mean, this is... That's insane. Yeah. I mean, honestly. You just... Because you... It's better than the orc feature of drop to zero, immediately go to one. This is half your hit points and you stand up. Yeah. And I mean, that's, <laughs> that's huge on yeah. so many levels. Yeah. And it's a, it's a big feature for a 14th level. I got to say, this is going to be a nine out of 10 for me. Oh, I, I will. I will agree with you on there. I will go nine out of 10. It's, it's a great martial character uh, subclass. Yeah. Uh, I would play. A circle of fire. Oh hell yes! Circle of wildfire. I would definitely play this. And easily. as far as as far as combat uh, druid capabilities go, this is a contender against the circle of moon because a lot of people say the circle of moon druid is like the druid for combat uh, because of its extra features for wild shape and stuff like that. Because yes, I mean, once you get to the higher levels, you can become a dragon if you so choose. I uh, love it. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is big. <laughs> Because, I mean, obviously, you still have Wild Shape. You're a druid, so you can yep. use that. But I don't know if I would, because this Wildfire no. Spirit is really cool. Yeah, I would pretty much use the, the Wildfire Spirit completely. Yeah. There'd yeah. be no reason for me to do anything else. No. And the fact that you have all these, like, Flamey Boy uh, spells uh, that you make, get. I would make him look like a Roblox character. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of uh, uh, the Torch. You know, like yeah. if, if I use Human my torch, yeah, if, if I use my wildfire spirit, I'm absolutely RPing details that I look like <laughs> the human torch. <laughs> no, I would go straight block. There's a block creature that flies. <laughs> it's got like bulky, like 
block shaped wings. Right. I do like <laughs> I do like the art that they give the dwarf druid of wildfire. Uh, it has like a little flamey fox going on. Yeah. Um, and I don't know a flaming pine cone as a, a focus. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. everything about this I, I definitely dig. Uh, and druids in a complete like a complete thing I like I've said many times I am much more to the martial character so mm-hmm. Druid of the Moon Druid of Wildfire I kind of I kind of dig those the most right but honestly there probably isn't one except maybe the Circle of the Land that I wouldn't willingly play that's fair because the Circle of the Land is just not me I like role play but that's <laughs> not yeah. me yeah uh, but I kind of like it. it. It's probably my second second favorite um, spellcasting type mm-hmm. of uh, character class. Um, and I really, I really dig the the Tasha's. I always have. They're just the best. Yeah. Uh, they they went above and beyond for the Tasha subclasses. The added down flavor and everything. I oh, just yeah. love that book. If you get a chance to buy it, please do. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like druids. For spellcasters, it's like I said, it's it's you can't go wrong. It's like all of them are really could be really fun to play. Yeah, and honestly, I think this is one of the few. I mean, obviously, we in, heavily enjoyed the rogue subclasses, but I think this is one of the few that we actually liked both Xanathar's and Tasha's. Usually, it's like, well, I mean, it was okay, but you know, Tasha's is better. This yep. one, we actually liked all of the subclasses. Yeah, they were good. Um, yeah, so that's great. Uh, if you have more subclasses, because we are not getting into homebrews and D&D wikis and uh, Honor of Darkanas, if you want us to, shoot us an email. I have to get emails uh, to tell me to do this. Um, but this dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com. Tell us a story about using your druids. Uh, and I'm honestly, just any story in general about D&D. We would love to read them. We'd love to read them on the podcast. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, it could be fun. And uh, that's it, folks. Remember to check your dungeon. This dungeon is occupied. Bye. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, and if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.